Hello, everybody. This is the Good Morning Guys podcast. Joining me today, Mark. Mark likes long walks on the beach and Mexican food. And Patrick also is with us. Hello. He likes uh, Power Rangers and some other stuff. You have set. Would it be specific? You have set he the bar, sir. Stuff. You have set. He's the bar. one of those people that likes things. And I am, of course, Ronnie J. And you're right, Patrick. I do like things. Just well, not we have so much in common. All right. So we're going to begin the show. We're going to go right into it. This is a Good Morning Guys podcast. Thank you for being here. This is episode number forty-seven. That's four seven for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, none of us can believe we've even made it this far, to be honest. Uh, nobody's more surprised than me. I've put in zero work for this entire thing, and uh, I've only benefited from it, honestly. This so, has been the best thing going that I have. The so why are you hosting this week? <laughs> you made me. That's a good point. You guys made me do this. <laughs> Obviously, I've prepared vigorously for this entire week for this. Obviously. Uh, yep. Oh, I, I have so it. much stuff written down. I have... Hello, everyone, and it says good morning, guys, episode 47. (laughs) (laughs) Thoroughly ready to go. Oh, man, I have just been up studying late all night. But uh, I think we should start probably with some news, some good news, maybe, from Mark. Sounds like a good idea, I think. Hmm. <laughs> this is riveting <laughs> podcasting right here. We are tearing it apart. I'm telling you what. Lucas said not to make this an improv episode, but he should have known better. I might as well <laughs> just call the improv episode right now. Um, yeah. So my week has been pretty interesting. Um, so uh, this past Saturday, I actually did with my wife. We did a, a yard sale uh, at our house. Um, so basically we had a bunch of stuff in the house that we wanted to get rid of and we had very little storage space, uh, in this house. So it's like, we got to get rid of this stuff. And so we decided, let's just have a yard sale. It'll be, it'll be fun. And any of the, the, the money that we get, uh, from the yard sale, uh, we're just going to give it to my dad and my stepmom because mm-hmm. um as you guys might know from previous episodes my dad is currently in the hospital um dealing with a lot of stuff obviously costs a lot of money to be in the hospital so um it was actually my my wife and I and then uh my mother and father-in-law actually donated some things for the yard sale and then my brother and sister-in-law also did as well um so we we did pretty well. Um, I think we I think we ended up getting like I think we had like fifty two dollars or something like that, which is not bad. It's not amazing, but it's not bad. Um, and then we actually got later on a hundred dollar donation. So oh, awesome! Yeah, oh, yeah, that is cool. So kicked it up for sure. 
Um, so in, in this yard sale, were there things that you were selling that you were kind of like, I don't want to get rid of this? Not not really. Most of those things that, that I had out, they were like, they were stuffed in like Sterilite bins in a closet. And it's like, I don't touch these things ever. So might as well get rid of it and, and get rid of the space. The biggest seller at the yard sale was actually like my CD collection. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was genuinely shocked. Um, because what did that go for? Four dollars and fifty cents. No, actually, I think it was a little bit more. So what kind of were these? Like, uh, what kind of CDs were these? Oh, they were like um, a lot of Christian albums. Um, you know, like Christ- contemporary Christian music and um, some other like old school, like early two thousands. Like I think I had like a Death Cab for Cutie CD in there. Um, I'm trying to remember what else there was, but what do you even sell a CD for anymore? Because I thought they were just coasters now. Yeah, you can <laughs> hang them on your rear view mirror in your car. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Nice reflective pieces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I sold each of them for like 50 cents each. Um, and I had a pretty, not like huge, but like pretty good amount of CDs. Um, and this one dude showed up and literally like bought half to three quarters of the collection. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we were we were genuinely shocked. Um, you know, we sold a bunch of um, house, household items and little knickknacks and things. I think the first thing that actually went was we actually had this like ceramic pig decoration. Um, something you'd like, I don't know if you had like a farm style house or whatever, you know, something you'd put up for decoration. Um, and we inherited that from another family, um, which that's, that's a whole story for a different day. But so anyway, we had these this this pig um, sort of table ornament as well as like an actual piggy bank, and those were actually the first things to go because um, apparently this lady was all big into pigs. So all right, <laughs> well jackpot. Yep. Uh, so but yeah, we did very well. Um, I was really happy with it, and I was glad to be able to to help my my parents out. Um, and then later on that day. Uh, we actually had a big party at my in-laws' house because um, I think I may have shared with you guys that my mother-in-law actually got her uh, doctorate in education, so she is now Doctor Worley. Uh, so Are there are two doctors now in your family. Uh, is, wasn't your wife? Didn't she do something? Didn't she just get her master's? No, I thought it was because Mark went by the music doctor. <laughs> There's three doctors. I am Doctor Who. Three now. I am the spin doctor. Um, Ooh, <laughs> awesome. I'm sure use that for the intro. <laughs> um, no, uh, I think she's the first doctor in the family. Um, my wife has a bachelor's degree. I have a bachelor's and a master's. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so my mother-in-law is now a doctor. Um, so we had a big, big party at her at their at my in-laws house to celebrate um they had all sorts of good food they had not one but two cakes um one was chocolate one was vanilla 
and they tasted amazing. Um, so just out of just out of curiosity, when so I assume she decided to go back and like get her doctorate at some point. What was that? What was that process like? Like how long did that take her? Because I like I went through the master's program, and it you know it technically can be like a you know one and a half year program, but it I did it over the course of like four years just because I was working full time. So I imagine a doctorate would be. Uh, much, much longer. I I immediately go to the Tommy boy where he's like, a lot of people go to school for eight years or go to college for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's about how long it took. Um, so my mother-in-law, I think she got, I want to say it's either her associates or her bachelor's. I want to say it's associates from uh, a school called Appalachian State. Or Appalachian, however you want to say it. I think it's Appalachian. And I'm sorry if I'm Appalachia. It's whatever. That's how I say it. App State. <laughs> so uh, she went there. Um, but then I th- I want to say she actually got her bachelor's and her master's from, from Liberty. Um, and then she went on to go for her doctorate. So this has been pretty much an eight-year process um, that that she's gone through and once you get up to doctoral level it's insane the amount of studies and like i think her final um her dissertation for her doctoral degree was 247 pages um, and it is going to be nationally published nice <laughs> yeah. do you think you could write 200 pages on yourself i don't think i've written 200 pages in my life cumulatively <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah um no her her dissertation defense was um the role of grandparents in christian education basically um and and so she had to do all sorts of focus groups and interviews and all that kind of stuff um and compile all her research into one big um one big presentation and she had to she had to defend her concept for the dissertation first, get that approved. There were so many hurdles she had to jump through for this. And then she actually had to defend her findings at the very end. And did a publisher just read that and decide that they wanted to publish it, or did she like send it to them? Um, so I think Liberty has their own channels in which they publish any dissertations. Um, so it just automatically, once it gets approved at the doctor, you know, the doctoral level, I think it automatically, um, and I think they approved it without any revisions, which is very rare. Um, so big shout out to her for that. Um, I mean, she did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I think, yeah, I think Liberty has their own channels, which they go about publishing their students, uh, dissertations and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a big deal for her. Absolutely. Um, super proud of her. Um, but yeah, the party was a great time. Um, you know, we had a time of, uh, of worship cause we have two worship leaders in the family. Um, so, uh, her, my mother-in-law kind of requested that we, that we just have a time to, to get together and just thank God for all that he has done. Um, and, and just join each other in worship. Um, yeah. so that was awesome. Um, those were the two big things. Um, also lots of apex, lots and lots of apex. 
I, yeah. I'm not sure at which point which which game's exactly going to dethrone it. Um, but I think I'll always go back to Apex. But um, I'm actually interested in a game uh, that comes out at the end of this month called Control. Um, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, so I think I think I might stream it. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. You know, trying to trying to continue my uh, my resolution of of streaming some more, trying to bring that back to life. Um, so I may do that. Nice. Cool. So, but that is pretty much it on my end. So, Patrick, how was your week, sir? It was good. My la- so last Friday was my birthday. Yeah, and buddy. yeah, and the plan was originally was for my wife to take the kids camping and they were going to go with her brother and their family but there was some sort of scheduling conflict that meant that they had to cancel so i asked mel i was like hey it's my birthday on friday is it cool if i go up to indiana and see at placentia and she said okay so i ended up driving three hours to go see him on Friday morning. And we hung out until around, I guess, eight o'clock that night. So I got to hang out with him for about eight hours. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. I did that earlier this year. Um, so it was good to go up there and see him again. Uh, so we just played games, watched comedy shows. Um, and the game that we played was a co-op game that he's been touting called 39 Days to Mars. Hmm. And... This game, it's it's a very, very simple game. It's simple drawn. Um, it looks like they're like stick figures. These two guys that want to go to Mars. And they have to fix their ship. And each something goes wrong with each part of the ship. And you need to fix it. And to fix it, you need to complete a puzzle. Complete a scenario. And it's a co-op game. So there are things like... <laughs> Like every every time something goes wrong, these two like British guys are like, "Well, we need to go make a scone before we fix this, or <laughs> okay. we need to make a cup of coffee before we have to fix this." And <laughs> it was without fail. And like making a cup of coffee was like a mini game that was co op. Making a scone was a co was co op. Um, there was some things where you had to uh, decipher Morse code. Uh, you had to read. Uh, um, pages from a book and figure out how to grow plants cut into the right size it was just like but it was like (laughs) so like say say you had to cut a plant to to the right size so i on the screen were like two hands and one hand was my hand and one hand was ed's and we had to grab the shears and we had to move them around to cut certain things uh to like in like for pages if you need to look at a, at a page turn it around i needed to grab one part of the page he had to grab the other end to turn it around to to look for it to look upright um it was a lot of that making the scones is probably the hardest because you had to like put like butter on this scone and this butter is just like flopping all over the place there was no way that one person <laughs> could do it so we both had to grab the knife and throw the stuff on there and pour like 
If you needed to make some uh, coffee, you needed to pour milk in there or throw some ice cubes in there. It required a lot of uh, communication, uh, which we were not good at. <laughs> there was one point as just like, yep, 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 <laughs> yep. And then that was, and then we finished whatever mini game it was, and without we it was we communicated, but it was very minimal. But um, it was funny. So uh, spoilers for the end of the game, which I thought was so hilarious. I don't know how many people are gonna play this game. Um, so they get to Mars, and the first thing they do is once they get to Mars, well, now that we're at Mars, we have to make a cup of coffee. So the first thing they do is make a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, this is such Mars. a such a game for Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, uh, but it was it was fun. It was a, it was a good time. We had a lot of laughs with that one. But the, that that was a good birthday uh, for me. But the the worst thing was just the drive. I mean, driving back three hours uh, at in the middle of the night. Uh, Google Maps was taking me like all of these side roads because there was a lot of construction that was going on at night from where he lives to where I live. So um, it only was like, I guess, 15 minutes longer, but it was weird. I was like, I felt like I was in a bad part of the neighborhood on the way home kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I got home fine. Nice. Um, Other than that, uh, last week we were talking about Avatar and the Avengers, and I wanted to watch Avatar and have the Blu-ray. So my my daughter and I watched Avatar uh, last week. Well, we did it in two sessions, and she had so many questions. So if you've seen Avatar, there's, uh, you're they're like she she asked a question. How did they get to this world? I have no idea. Why are there rocks just floating in the air? I have no idea. Why do those horses have six legs? I have no idea. That's you know, like a trend here. Just, <laughs> just watch the movie. Too many questions. Uh, so we're like 50 minutes in, and she's like, "This is boring. Ooh, this isn't fun." You know, like at that point, you know, like uh, the what was his name? Sam Worthington. Is yeah. That his name. Yep. He uh, he wa- he wasn't like the avatar at that point to where he was like learning to run and and learning the ways of the navi um but once he did that she it was like it was like 15 minutes later she's like i like this movie so um, <laughs> typical kid but it was it, it was good there was there was one point um in the movie where i had to pause it and tell her what was happening it was the point where like the um the Avatar and Natiri, they like get together and have like an intimate scene. I had to explain to her that they were becoming husband and wife, basically. And there, it wasn't like a gratuitous scene. They were just hugging and they connected their hair. So like that's one thing I had to explain to her. Uh, but other than that, I mean, she just had questions like, why is that happening? What was what? Why do they need their masks? What what is oxygen? I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> just watch the movie, please. <laughs> just watch it, yeah. Uh, but after we watched it, I mean, it was like a three hour movie. She wanted to watch. She's wants wants to watch it again. So, um, yeah, that was, it's it's a good movie. It still holds up after ten years. It still definitely holds up. I didn't actually watch that until a couple of years ago. I remember when it first came out, seeing the previews and things like that, and I thought I won't like that. Uh, yeah. and, and I never watched it. And then it was on TV and uh, I started watching it. I was like, man, this is a really good movie. 
So I yeah. ended up watching it all the way through. Like, and I've actually watched it a couple of times since then. Like, it is it is an incredible movie. Like, it really this, is. I had the same uh, uh, preconceived notions about Lord of the Rings when that came out. I was like, Psh, I'm not gonna like this movie. And then all my buddies wanted to go. I'm like, all right, I'll go with you. And <laughs> after it, I was like, hmm, I like Lord of the Rings. I'm so glad I went. <laughs> um. We went to uh, Kings Island over the weekend. We went to the uh, water park. And there was one thing that happened when we got there. So we got there and uh, we do the Lazy River. And then Clark wants to go in the pool. So Claire and I went to go to ride one of the water slides. And it was, it was. I think we stood in line for about a half hour. And at that point, we're like, man, I wish we, were in, we went back to the pool or went back to the, the Lazy River. But once we got there... It was unlike any other water slide that we've ever I've ever seen. So once you get in there, there's like three slides, and there's like the like the tube slides, like the circular enclosed slides. They weren't like open. Um, you get to the top of this slide, and they have like capsules. You like stand upright on these capsules. The doors close, and there's a countdown. That says three, two, one, and then the the floor underneath you just disappears and you fall straight down into the into the tube. Oh my it gosh. Was, it was this a it, new slide? Yeah, it was uh I I don't know if it was new last year or it's new this year. Um but it was it was awesome. Like it's not like a normal slide where you just like push yourself or hold on to a bar and get a get going. Um this was a cool start to a to a slide. And so we were going we wanted to go again, but it was like a half hour wait and it was kind of hot, so, uh, but yeah, that was really, really cool. Nice, that's awesome. And that's a, you said that's a Kings Island, right? Kings Island, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so the last thing uh, was uh, when we were going to Kings Island, I thought I heard something downstairs in our basement when we were going to the van. Um, I kind of stood there. My 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 son was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Shh," He's trying to hear something. He's like, "What are you looking at?" Shh. And then he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Okay, never mind. Let's just go. I can't. <laughs> I can't hear anything." So when we get back from Kings Island, I'm laying in my bed, and uh, Clark's like, "There's a bird in the house." <laughs> so, oh my no, god! Oh no! no. <laughs> so my first thought was not to get the bird out of the house. Was I need to get out my phone and I need to video this. So. <laughs> Um, so I, I videoed for about a minute and I rewatched it because I didn't hear Clark say it at first. Clark was like, I'm scared. I don't want it to peck me. <laughs> valid, valid concern. You tell him it only <laughs> yeah. goes after little girls. It'll be fine. But we ended up get getting that, uh, uh, little finch. I think it was out of the house, but I don't know. How'd how you get him out of the house? You skipped. Um, the- I grabbed like a, a big beach towel that was in my hands and closed all the doors in the house. We opened the front door and the side door, and I kind of like, you know, bull, heard bull, him out. Yeah, red, red uh, flag, red tape, whatever, with the bull, and try to get him out of there. Oh, so, gosh, Patrick yeah. the Matador. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, on the gaming front, just playing playing Apex. That's pretty much all I've been doing. I didn't get sixteen wins like I did the previous week. I only got six. Oh, but, uh, bummer. But yeah, womp womp. <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, that's it. That's all I did. Nice, nice, Ronnie. Ooh. How about you? 
That's like the biggest update I've ever had to give, I feel like. So a couple things for me. So I was out last week. Uh, the reason I was out last week is uh, on Monday of last week, I was on my way back from Chicago. So it was my first time oh, ever going yeah. to Chicago. Nice. Um, it was really cool. It was it was just for fun. We went up. Um, there was a like a, a big volleyball tournament. Uh, it's called Volleywood that they have every year in Chicago. How far is that and from from Cincinnati? It's about five hours. Okay, not bad. About five hours. It it wasn't too bad. Um, I I drove the whole way both ways actually, but I'm I'm one of those people that like I like to be the driver. You know. Sure. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'd rather not be a passenger for the most part. But um, so we decided we were going to go to this Hollywood thing. We signed up for the tournament, and we left Friday early. Uh, early on Friday, we got down there. I think we left probably like 10 a.m. on Friday. So we got down there, and actually Friday evening we did like a sailboat tour, um, which is something I probably wouldn't normally do. It's not something I would have ever looked up. But a bunch of people from uh, the volleyball place that we play at were going on this tour. So we, of course, like went with everybody with the group. Uh, and it was really cool. It was really cool. We got on this this, uh, this really big sailboat. There was probably, mm, I'd say probably like 70 passengers, 70, something like that. I mean, it was pretty big. It wasn't, uh, right. when I say sailboat, I used to think like the small sailboat with a couple people on it. This is like, this was like a pirate ship sailboat. <laughs> I mean, it was big. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a big, it was a big <laughs> ship. Uh, so we got on that. And basically what it did was, um, it kind of just like like uh, left from the city, went out and just kind of did like a big loop and then came back for the most part. So it was kind of like almost like a sightseeing type thing. Cool. Um, but it was really cool. It was like perfect weather, um, especially with it being like really windy out there. It was really nice. Uh, we got a lot of really cool pictures. So while we were out on the sailboat, the sun was like setting at that time. So the sun's like setting down into the city as we're like out on the sailboat. So like we had some really cool pictures um, but it was like a really, really, really pretty. Um, nice. So we did that on Friday. Um, on Friday night, we got some Chicago style pizza, mm. and uh, that's oh, the yeah. first One in first time I've ever had that. Right, and this. Oh, was, really? Yeah, I've never had. I've I've never, I've never had pizza from Chicago. I've had what they call Chicago style pizza, which not even close. Yeah. By the way, nope. <laughs> where'd you end up? Where'd you end up going? Um, it's Giordano's. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Giordano's is where one. we went. There was a bunch of them down there. Yeah. Uh, there were, there were a bunch of them within like a five mile radius. Yeah. I feel like there was just all over the city. Um, so we went there, everybody told us it was pretty good and we got like a, we got like a, a barbecue chicken pizza. Mm. Uh, and it was awesome. Yeah. It was really, really good. It's one of their uh, deepest but I didn't, ones, I was right? not expecting like when people say Chicago style pizza it being like this thick pizza and everything, like I was thinking, like, oh, okay, it's probably you know just like pretty thick pizza. No, this was <laughs> this was a cake. <laughs> it was a mountain with pizza ingredients. That's pretty used. accurate. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was uh, it was so ridiculous. Um, like two pieces, and you were just like you know in the ER, ready for a nap. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but it was really good. It was it was good. I I never had it before, so I was excited to try it out. And uh, we did that on Saturday. We had the volleyball tournament. So we went, the volleyball tournament for us, we didn't play until 2 p.m. So we actually got up and the hotel we were staying in was in downtown Chicago. And it had a rooftop pool. 
which was oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah. So the 40th floor was the pool. That's crazy. And it was open. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was it was really a really cool thing. So we went up for the early part of Saturday and, and hung out at the pool uh, for probably two or three hours. And then afterwards, we went to the volleyball tournament. Uh, the volleyball tournament started at like 2 p.m. It's this big like Bollywood is a basically like I, I, it's almost like a festival. I guess is the best way to describe it. They had a bunch of live bands and stuff play at Bollywood. Um, so it was just big, just crazy kind of beach party with volleyball. Uh, so we started at 2 p.m. We got in two games and then we then a storm came in and oh, uh, flooded, no. flooded the courts like oh. crazy storm. Like it was they have like the retaining wall out there and uh the water was like coming up over the retaining wall and stuff and just like <laughs> no. flooding onto the volleyball courts and stuff. So we got two games in. They did end up canceling the tournament. So we didn't get to finish that. But uh, in, in all honesty, like for me, it was like, you know, we had been at the pool for the most part and then we went out there and it was, I mean, it was scorching. Like it was the surface of the sun out there. Mm. <laughs> and uh, by the time they canceled the tournament, I was like, this is good. This is really good. <laughs> I'm okay with I'm this. Glad I, I'm glad I did not have to finish this tournament because I am exhausted already. Like, I'm exhausted, like, dehydrated. Um, it, was, it was just one of those days where it was so hot that uh, we just – it's like you just could not drink water fast enough. Like, you, could, you just couldn't – you couldn't even stay hydrated. Uh, yeah. Lucky for us, the water, like, and the, the actual, like, beach water was freezing cold. I don't know how that works. But it was like a hundred degrees outside, and you get in that water, and like it took a lot of courage to like get like waist deep. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Eventually, you just jump in, and it's one of those ones that like just kind of shocks your whole body at first. Mm-hmm. So it was actually really nice and refreshing once you finally got the courage to take the dive. <laughs> once you finally got numb, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. And once you were in, you just had to stay in until you got numb, and then you could just hang out in there. <laughs> But uh, it was it was fun. It was it was a fun experience. Uh, a couple things in the middle of all of that that weren't fun is I brought with me one of those like ten by ten like canopy tents mm. that you set oh, up yeah. and you like uh-huh. stake into the ground. You know, mm-hmm. sure. So I brought this, and it was a great idea to bring. But what I hadn't considered is like the thirty minute walk from our hotel to the beach. I would have to carry it the whole way. Oh, and this goodness. thing, <laughs> this thing, this minutes. thing is like eight feet long, like. It's like a, a big square, like a foot on each side or whatever. And it's pretty heavy. So I'm carrying this thing over my shoulder. 30 minutes, <laughs> like in the dead sun. Like It was rough. It was really rough. So by the time I got to the tournament, I was already drenched. Like I actually like, I, I was like, I told everybody, I was like, I'll stop right here for a second. And I just ran and jumped into the water because <laughs> we were walking along the beach. I just ran and jumped in and then continued to walk after that. <laughs> But uh, it was really it, it really was a good time. We had we had fun playing, and uh, we actually played really well. We played two games and we won both of them. So technically, we're we're undefeated in Chicago. Nice. <laughs> All right. And uh, so later that night, we went to dinner. We went to this place called the Windsor. It was actually a restaurant in the hotel that we were in, and it was a really like really classy like restaurant, and uh, the food was awesome. So we we had a good time there, and that was pretty much it for us. We were. We were pretty much cooked after that, <laughs> after dinner, after the whole day of just being beaten down by the sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And on Sunday, obviously, a lot of people from uh, the volleyball place, they left. We decided we were going to leave on Monday instead and just kind of have that next day to relax and kind of sightsee a little bit maybe. We ended up going um, – our hotel was right on – have you ever heard of like the Magnificent Mile? 
Oh yeah, sure. In Chicago. So our hotel was right on the Magnificent Mile. Nice. And uh, so we were like right in the middle of it. So on Sunday, we actually went out and um, did a bunch of shopping, just kind of like going in all those shops and stuff like that, kind of walking up and down, kind of like just seeing the city a little bit. So it was, it was really cool because, you know, I, I had never been and uh, it, it was a different thing, you know, coming from like Ohio, going to Chicago. Like I put my car in a parking garage on Friday when we got there and I did not get it back out until Monday when we left. You know, you just, everything is pretty close. You just walk everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. Like we, you know, just, just kind of checked out all the shops and stuff like that. And then on Sunday night, uh, we really didn't have anything, really didn't have anything going on. And we decided to go to the movies. And we saw The Lion King. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I actually really, really loved it. Um, I, I I would never have considered myself like a huge Lion King fan. Just, I mean, I always liked the movie like when I was a kid and stuff. But just never like, oh, man, I got to go see this remake of The Lion King. Mm-hmm. But the couple people we were with, they, they said like, hey, let's go see it. And I'm like, yeah, that, that would be fun. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the remake. Like it was almost identical to the original. Like they did not veer far away at all, uh, from that exact format and movie. And even down to some of the lines were the exact same, but just like with those real animals, like it was just a really neat, um, and it did have a really just, just a huge, like nostalgia feeling, you know, all those songs and like, you know, even me who hadn't seen it in, Oh man, it probably has been like 20 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, I remembered all those lines, you know what I mean? Like I knew it yeah. was coming still. So yeah. it was a really cool, um, it was a really cool experience and the, the theater was really cool that we went to go in one of those theaters where they like bring your food out to you and stuff. Oh yes. So it was a really, nice. yeah, really nice theater. But, um, so we had a good time. That movie is great. If you haven't seen it, um, I would definitely recommend seeing it. I would uh, give it a, what would you rate it? Probably, uh, Eight out of ten warthogs. Nice. How was Seth Rogen's character? He was so good. He was so good. He was Pumbaa. So uh, just Seth Rogen, even down to like his little like laugh that he does. Like I actually, when I went into the movie, I hadn't considered. I I remember hearing when it first came out that they had a lot of celebrity like voices and stuff, but I never really paid attention to it. Like partway through the movie, I was like, That's Seth Rogen. That's definitely <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, you know what? I remember that now. And then uh, when Timon was talking, um, I can't, re- I can never remember the actor's name. Um, John Oliver. Or no, not John Oliver. He was Zazu. He played, uh, he played um, uh, in the Big Bang Theory. He was, uh, what's his name? Um, who's the main character in the Big Bang Sheldon? Theory? Sheldon. So I believe it was Sheldon. That oh, was Jim that Parsons? Jim Parsons, I think, was was Timon. Um, had to fact check that part, uh, but I know now afterwards. On it. Afterwards, I think uh, Nala was played by Beyonce. Yep, which uh-huh. was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so um, no, it was really like star-studded cast, and uh, man, it really it was really good. It was awesome. really good. So I I was glad I went to see that. Monday we end up kind of hanging around shopping a little bit, and then drove home, and that's basically why I wasn't here. <laughs> last week so uh but it was a really fun experience and uh i'm definitely glad i went i think we'll probably go back next year that same tournament it was really fun i will be more prepared next year for sure you won't be carrying a, a canopy for 30 minutes uh, i think i'm gonna hire a guy to carry the canopy <laughs> next year <laughs> whatever the cost is i don't care so 
just a fact check. Um, Jim Parsons was not Timon. Uh, oh no, Billy Eich- Billy Eichner is is uh, Timon. Eichner? He was on Parks and Rec. Oh okay. So which character was he in Parks and Rec? A uh, character named say? Craig Middlebrooks. I have uh, no idea because I have watched very little. I have Parks seen a little bit of that episode, and I've I've seen a little bit of that show. I think I know which part, which uh, person uh, they're talking about. Gotcha. Um, so other than that, we got back pretty regular week. Um, uh, this past Saturday, I actually I played another volleyball tournament. Go figure. Uh, that one was just here, and uh, we lost, but Boo. of course we had a good time. We had a good time. So nice. I definitely will not complain. I did not. I I never go to a volleyball tournament, by the way, with the anticipation of actually winning. Like I've never <laughs> gone into one thinking I'm going to win this for sure. Yeah. And that never happens. <laughs> I usually just go to like have fun and laugh, you know. What? You show up not prepared for something? What? I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I just, uh, I am, I, I'm just on the, uh, you know, just a leaf on the wind. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Um, this past week, I actually played. Um, I played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Good volleyball. Yeah, so I ended up playing in leagues and all all of those, and then the tournament on Saturday. Uh, so this today, I I actually went to see my trainer, and I have I don't know if I've ever been more sore in my whole life. Like it is just uh, it. It's a product of getting old. Like my joints are all just killing me. Like my shoulders, my knees, like everything hurts. <laughs> I'm just like, like I need a couple of days just to like lie down. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was it was fun, you know. I, I I definitely if I had to do it all over again, I would definitely do it again. I I keep you know volleyball is the thing that one of the things that makes me the most happy. So uh, I I definitely uh, tend to flock towards that. Awesome. Um, a couple other things. I finished uh, Firefly. Oh so man! I finished the yeah. finished first season of Firefly, and uh, I actually watched Serenity also. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, what did you think of that? <laughs> I actually really liked the movie. Um, I, I love the movie. I, I like the movie. I think because um, it provided a lot of. It, it, first of all, it it gave some closure. Yeah, absolutely. ultimately, like I I very much got the sense from Firefly that even the last episode, like. They didn't know that that was going to be the last episode. It was a regular episode. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. it wasn't a finale. There was nothing. Uh, it, it just, it very much felt like this was a very unfinished show. Yep. And Serenity came along and I don't want to say that it definitely finished it, but it did give like a little bit of closure with the storyline and things like that. It answered a lot of questions that you didn't get in the show. Sure. Um, the funny thing is, is I was talking to Patrick about it and I never thought about it, but like he said, he started watching the movie Serenity, right? And then yeah. you didn't understand anything because I that feel like was, if you didn't watch the show and you just dive right into the movie, there are so many things that don't make any sense at all. Like wait, no Patrick, what's going on? You watched Serenity first? That was that. Yes. <laughs> 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 I had no idea. I heard so when Serenity came out, everyone's like, "Go see Serenity!" I'm like, "All right, I'll go see it." And then like 15 minutes in, I'm like, "What is going on? I have no idea what is happening." And they're like, "Yeah, have you seen Firefly?" You should go see Firefly first. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Mm. Yeah, so I if if I hadn't watched the show, I would not have had a clue what was going on in that movie. There's yeah. so many things like it's just this random crew. All of a sudden, you're just following their story. You know, like you have no backstory at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the movie did a good job. Like that was it was 
I, I thought it was really good. Like I'd actually like to go back and watch it uh, just because I've only seen it the one time. Sure. And uh, uh, there's there's always so many things that you pick up like on your second time through. But I really enjoyed the series. Really enjoyed the movie. Um, if you're a little bit of a nerd, maybe a little bit of a sci-fi nerd, like I would totally recommend this show and movie. Sure. Uh, I like. I love that stuff. Like I've always been a big Star Wars fan, and not that it's exactly like Star Wars. It's like Star Wars if it were a Western. Yep. Kind of. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's a weird. It's like a space Western. It's hard to explain. Like there's nothing like it. I feel like. Sure. Um, but it was great. I, I was super happy to uh, to finish that. Like I'm glad that I got put turned on to that show, and um, yeah. Now I think we are going to transition into uh, actually watching the Marvel movies in order. Nice. So okay. Yeah, so going nice. back there, I have the list actually saved on my phone now. I think I think the first one is um, is Captain America, the first Captain America movie. Are you watching so it chronologically or, or like in the, the order that they came out? No. Uh, the like universe order. Okay. Like the Marvel universe order. <laughs> so oh, okay. so um, like yeah. in order of like years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and they're, they're, I, I kind of looked along the list there to see what was, you know, uh, what the order was and things like that. And it looks like the, the first one was like Captain America. I think I have it actually saved. But uh, the Iron Man movies are pretty far up front. Yeah. So I will end up rewatching those, which I really love those movies. So I won't, uh, I won't be too upset about having to go back and see those. Yeah. But no, I think it'll be cool, kind of watching it in order. Uh, yeah. So it is Captain America: The First Avenger. It shows, um, and then the second one is Captain Marvel, which was like right. one of the newer ones yeah, that I actually right. I saw in theaters. So, um, but it'll be cool to go back and watch that. I think a lot of things will. Um, make more sense in that now that I've watched, like watched a few movies. Cause when I watched Captain Marvel, I hadn't seen very many and uh, a lot of that stuff didn't make any sense to me at all. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to transition to that, that way. Um, number one of my new year's resolution will be completed. Um, and number two, I, I, you know, I have really like fell in love with the Marvel movies that I've seen. Um, you know the Iron Man movies, like I, I really love those. Like I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, I really liked Black Panther. Yeah. And I, I, you know what, reading like Black Panther and reading what it was going to be about, I actually didn't think that I was going to like it that much. And I really liked the movie. Like it was really cool. Sure. Sweet. So I think it'll be that way with a lot of stuff. Um, I love Doctor Strange. Like I can't wait to get back and watch that. Yep. But um, so I'm gonna start. Uh, gonna start getting into those. And lastly. For my update. No, not lastly. Two more things. Um, <laughs> okay. JK. So I know you guys uh, You guys met my girlfriend, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we've been yep. dating for some time now, and I asked her to move in with me. And she said yes. Ooh. Oh, so okay. it's uh, it, over the past few weeks, we've kind of been doing a slow move-in type thing. And uh, I think she's got a couple months left on her apartment lease, so it's not a rush, which is really nice. Uh, I have an inside cat now which is <laughs> weird. weird so how does the inside cat <laughs> act, uh, act with the other cat well they don't know each other exist yet oh uh <laughs> i'd like to keep it that way for a little longer i think okay. <laughs> uh i she so the the cat and the inside cat her name is alita and uh alita Battle knows Angel. the other cats exist 
because she watches them <laughs> out the window. Nice. But they don't know she's, she exists. They don't know that there is a cat inside. Um, so one thing that is funny about all of it is I've never had an inside cat in my life. And I know cats are weird, but I don't think I was prepared for all the weird cat stuff. <laughs> like cats are the weird most bizarre. Stuff. They're just bizarre. Like cats and everything they do is weird. Um, she like she sleeps all the time, but she's most active in the middle of the night. And uh, it's a combination of a couple things. So I have all hardwood floors, so I can hear her. Just like a little herd of elephants out there when she <laughs> just runs. Just running around. <laughs> just running amok out there. And it's a combination of a couple of things. Like, one, like, you know, she just, you know, cats, for the most part, they don't sleep for eight solid hours. You know, they sleep for a couple hours at a time, wake up for an hour, and then sleep for a couple hours again. But uh, she's also never had as much space to run. So she went from an apartment to my house, which is pretty open. And uh, I think she's like, loving life like running just back and forth like from one end to the other so um it's it's definitely interesting i mean there have been she likes to she just recently started to try and like she likes to sleep like in between like my legs or like right behind me like up against me she's figured out that i'm like normally like very warm and like for me it's awful because i'm always like burning up like, I'm one of those people that can barely use a comforter, like, because I'm always, like, dying. <laughs> so I sleep with a fan on, and uh, if I have any blanket on me, usually it's, like, a sheet, you know? So her sleeping on me, like, she's figured out that I'm warm, and I'm, like, trying to, like, maneuver and, like, like kind of throw her off a little bit. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I woke up one night. She was uh, standing on me. I was laying on my side. She's standing on my shoulder, like, two inches away from my face, just staring at me when I woke up. I was like... Hey, what, uh, can I help you? you? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So I've just never been like, I've never had this like weird cat things happen. Right. So I'm, I'm still getting used to the weird cat stuff. But, uh, other than that, it's going really well. Uh, we got obviously a lot of stuff. Like it's a very, uh, different process. Like I have to reorganize, you know, kind of all of my stuff because it was just me living here. And like you guys were in the house, like the house generally pretty empty, you know, I didn't, Mm -hmm need a bunch of stuff and um i just kind of had it set up obviously for just me so i'm kind of trying to shuffle things and kind of trying to move things to where it makes sense so uh it's definitely a process but it is exciting it's definitely an exciting thing she's really cool yeah and uh other than that lastly it was patrick's birthday this past week yes yes it was he asked me to do something Yes, and to that's host something. the podcast. No, you told me I was supposed to do that. You didn't ask. <laughs> there was, there was you told no me I was hosting. You, you, you didn't ask me to host. You just said, oh, yeah, you're hosting the podcast. I'm like, all right. I was like, I don't have to be prepared or anything, right? <laughs> um, no, he asked me to watch Superman. Now, I'm not going to lie. I pretty much never had any anticipation on watching this. If you guys haven't figured that out yet, you have not been listening long enough. <laughs> Uh, because I was totally diving, like just ducking and just trying to s- slip and slide out of that because I did not want to do it. And he asked me to watch it. So I watched it. Kind of. Kind of? What does that mean? What does that mean? I made it through the first hour and a half of the movie. Okay. Uh, two things. I started watching it late last night. 
and I started to doze off at about the hour and a half mark. And the second part of it, well, wait a minute. I don't, I shouldn't even get into this. That's our topic. Oh, everybody transition. That's our topic. <laughs> back with our topic it's superman what a transition <laughs> Woo! Dude, I, uh, you're that's a that was a ninja move i did not see that transition coming <laughs> me neither i felt like i was getting funny looks from patrick like oh no yep he's right that's a topic so <laughs> before we we continue um patrick um i think you can help out with this a little bit so we got a voicemail from a, a certain West Virginian mountaineer. We did. Jungle yes. Cat. Yeah. He's uh, hanging out in uh, in the Amazon right now. That's why he's not on the podcast. But uh, he decided to call in to the GMG hotline and uh, had a few things to say. Good morning, my brothers and sisters, on this episode where I'm not present. Uh, hey, I'm about to get on a he totally didn't know the episode number to the jungle along the Amazon River, and I cannot be more excited. I will say, though, I'm going to miss you guys as I go into the deep jungles of Brazil. I uh, hope everything is going well. I hope the topic of Superman brings about a lively discussion, and so help me if on the only the second episode I've ever missed if Ronnie, if you actually watch Superman and I'm not there to celebrate with you, oh man, <laughs> you have you have some splaining to do, my friend. Some splaining to do. You think I'm fooling around? I'm serious. Next time I'm on there, buddy, I'm watching you. But if you haven't watched Superman for the 40, 41st time, 41st week in a row of not watching Superman, how do you feel about it? All right. Love you guys. God bless you guys. Talk to you later. Ciao. So you have some splaining to do. You have about an hour and a half of splaining to do. <laughs> I do. I do have some. I feel like, honestly, I was like, uh, maybe I'll go back and watch it like today when I get home from work. But you didn't. Here's the thing. Because <laughs> there's a thing. And that is, I hated it. Oh jeez! Oh, oh no! <laughs> All right, I am not so putting why? down anybody that likes Superman here. When I just say it's not for me, I knew going in that I had little interest for the superhero Superman, and there's a reason for that. Number one, I don't like that he just has like every power in the world. Seems just like ridiculous. Like, let's just give this guy every sing every like every single possible power and just throw him out there. Yeah, of course he's gonna be super. Like he does I mean, I it's hard to believe that he even struggles with anything ever. I mean, some for some apparent reason, like Kryptonite is just readily available to every single enemy that he's ever had, but that I haven't figured out yet. But that's his one weakness. Other than that, Oh, he's going to murder you. There's nothing you can do about it. So, so the reason why he has all the powers is he is sent 
from another world to save humanity. Yes, the crystal world. And <laughs> yeah, the crystal world. <laughs> so so let's so let's talk about what you hated let's, about this movie. Let's break it down. Let's, let's break, break it down. It down. From, so from the very beginning. So the very beginning when they're on Krypton and Jor-El is talking to the council about General Zod and his lackeys about their coup that they put together. So so what was that scene like for you when you were watching that? First of all, I felt like this movie totally threw me into a world I had no idea about anything. And that all of a sudden, these three people are on trial and there's a bunch of floating Wizard of Oz heads. <laughs> so and they get to decide this guy's fate, basically. Let me tell you what, what is though. his fate? It's a it's a rotating mirror floppy disk that just comes from the middle of nowhere <laughs> and traps him like for eternity. Uh, it's the Phantom Zone. It's the Phantom Zone. <laughs> the floppy disk zone. <laughs> it, it, it I will so, never look at that. The I was same so way confused at the beginning because I was thinking, like, man, I feel like I need to know more about this world. Like, so, it just kind of th- it, it just kind of throws you in. Like, if you don't know anything. So that that's all basically one big setup. That whole thing is is a setup technically for the second movie. Um which I believe I can't remember if it was it was filmed that way. Um originally Superman was meant to be a two-parter. Like it was supposed to be, you know, filmed together. Now, I don't I don't remember if they did that or not. Um but Zod and Ursa and I can't remember what the big dude's name was. Um, they come back again in Superman two. Um, yeah, that's so. That's what I I gathered. I was talking to Patrick a little bit about it uh, because other than the second movie, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah. I and and the way movies are nowadays is they give you a backstory. They give you some knowledge, so the rest of the movie makes sense. Whereas this 1978 Superman movie, they assumed you already know the characters, which yeah. is nowadays a very bad move in movie go in, in movies. If you, you know assume what, when, people when already it know came what's going out, on. I feel like when it came out, that probably was the case. It, like there was, there obviously was maybe just like less superheroes, less media. There was less everything, so it was yeah. more likely that people probably did know all the backstory and know like these characters and things. For me, I just like I I don't know if it was when I like I guess as a kid like Superman was never appealing, and I I mean I I think really like when I was a kid also like Superman was never like that was never one of those like media things that was like pushed on kids. You know what I mean? Like, for me growing up, like, in the 90s, as a 90s kid, like, man, it was all Batman. It was all Batman. Movies were coming out. There's action figures. They're in every commercial. But Superman, it just wasn't. Yeah, they hadn't uh, they hadn't made a Superman movie in quite a while, but that's because, you know, Superman 4. Um, <laughs> but we won't Shake talk about my that. Head. <laughs> yeah, at that. Yeah, at that point, like, in the 90s, like, Batman was having his time in the sun um for for movies and stuff um so superman had long been kind of pushed back at least in the movie sphere in in comics he was doing very well you know the 
the nineties yeah. brought about like, and um, actually now that I'm thinking about it, one of our questions from the, uh, from the community and I am totally stalling for time right now. <laughs> uh, still stalling. There you go. Okay, I got it. So Duncan Rogers on on the Facebook page, he wrote, "What is the best Superman comic written in your opinion?" Uh, he says, "Mine is Red Sun." If you're not familiar with Red Sun, is what if Superman landed in Russia instead of in Kansas, um, and he grew up in the Soviet Union, basically. Um, so Red Sun, the alternate story, I thought was awesome. What was the, or what movie was the best depiction? of superman so um and you guys can certainly certainly chime in on this this question um i think yeah, ronnie you go first <laughs> yeah i'm gonna let you guys go first <laughs> i'll go so, last <laughs> so the my point was the mid 90s uh, early to mid 90s uh the death of superman storyline was actually mm. out there and that you would good. you would uh, kind of shake your head like what really the best Superman story being the death of Superman? Well, it was a yeah. big, it was a big deal. Sure, that they were gonna that they were gonna kill off such an iconic character like Superman. Now, of course, he didn't stay dead very long. Spoilers, um, but neither did his father. Apparently, well, yeah, that's kind of a given. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a huge storyline in the '90s, and I think that's probably one of the best uh, one of the best runs they they had introducing. Um, I think that was the introduction of Dark. I mean, um, <sighs> Doomsday. There we go. I almost said Dark Side. Wrong, wrong character. Uh, Doomsday. Um, you know, Superman's death, and then you have all these Superman imposters um, that are basically trying to step in a world without Superman. And so it was interesting to see that storyline. So that I'd say was probably the one of the best uh, storylines I've ever seen. Patrick, do you have any any thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think it was two years ago or three years ago. Uh, there is there was this compendium that came out called American Alien. Okay. And this was written by Max Landis, and it was like five different stories of Superman. And it was more on his relationships, more of like growing uh, bonds with certain people, um, what he did when his cape was off or what he thought about after he had stopped a crime or said hi to a boy who was like really enthralled with Superman um, and him just going back to his apartment, you know, like what he did when he wasn't Superman and he, when he wasn't like the journalist that Clark Kent is, um, it was really cool because it was, it was a fresh take on Clark Kent, uh, and Superman because you get more of like the human side of him rather than this big, all powerful superhero, you know, saving things all the time. Sure. So um, I really, really enjoyed that. And I'm not a comic book reader, so I've read um, very few comics in, in my life. Uh, but 
I heard that this one was just like a uh, an alternate take. It wasn't just the same, like, hey, he's Superman. He's going to fight a villain. He's going to win. And that's the end of the story. Uh, this was cool because it was five five short stories uh, just about you know particular times in his life um, that he struggled with. So it was really, really cool. I That was probably my favorite uh, version um, of Superman. Sure. In comics. Now, who was your favorite? Uh, and before we go back to discussion on the movie... Um, who was your favorite uh, Superman, the actor who played Superman? Who would you say is your favorite? Oh, man, it's a toss-up between Christopher Reeve and Tom Welling. Um, I, the, 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 I learned more about the lore and universe within Superman from watching the show Smallville. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I really enjoyed... Uh, the Tom Welling version, um, but uh, but I mean, like, just looking when I, when when someone says Superman, the first thing that comes to my mind is Christopher Reeve Superman. Um, his just he just embodies the look of Superman in every single way for me. Yeah. It's too <laughs> it's too bad Tom Welling wasn't. <laughs> he was only in the Superman suit for like five seconds. I know. <laughs> It's like every season, I'm like, when are you going to fly? Yep. When are you going to fly? Oh, we got the black kryptonite. Now you can fly. And then he doesn't even remember that he flew. I'm like, no, come on. Yeah. Yeah, they stretched that out. I mean, a lot of it was really good. A lot of what Smallville did was awesome, taking their own take on different aspects of that of that universe. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was the one frustrating thing was, like, you kind of saw him in, like, a combined total of, like, 12 seconds of the final episode of the show. Um so which yeah, I but get that was because... just like that okay. was the perfect ending to the to the show though. Sure. I mean in, in reality. I mean that the whole the whole like allure of the show was him as Clark Kent, not really as a red blue blur or as Superman. So Yeah. I it was okay. There's a lot of good parts, but there were some duds of a seasons in, in that in that show. Sure. Yeah, uh for me it's a toss up between the the big ones that we've had in terms of um, the cinematic universe between uh, Christopher Reeve um, as the, the iconic 70s, which, granted, you know, Superman the movie is not perfect. Um, they did what they could in the 70s. You watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> heresy! Heresy! Um, but, um, you know, it's not perfect, for sure. But... Christopher Reeve is just like one of the iconic actors in that movie, obviously playing the title role. He is Superman. He get he gets the, you know, the big blue boy scout routine down. Um it, yeah, he does. And he just he looked like Superman. Um I will say after watching that movie, I cannot imagine anybody else I, I guess like topping like the look like mm-hmm. the look and the personality and like everything, just him standing there in the suit with his hair, like it's like shining. Like, uh, I mean, I can't imagine anybody actually looking more like Superman. I will say a close second is Henry Cavill. I I really enjoyed Henry Cavill's take on Superman. He's been really, really coy about whether or not he is Superman anymore he he pretty much won't say it's like a willy won't he kind of thing 
Kind of like how they were with Ben Affleck. But he's never, he's not really confirmed anything. Um, so who knows where he's at with that. But I really enjoyed the Man of Steel version of Superman. Granted, there was a lot of existential stuff going on um, that they decided to do with the script. But, um, you know, I, I just really liked his version of Superman. Also, I've never read a comic book in my entire life. Not even one. And never being a fan of Superman, I feel like there's not a possible answer I could give to that question. It's all good. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> um, so Tim Pollan actually writes uh, here on the Discord. He writes, Christopher Reeve is the best Superman, although there hasn't been a horrible one unlike Batman. Looking at you, George and Val. And that's valid. I, I accept that. <laughs> Man, I kind of liked Clooney. I, I have a... I don't know. I, just I don't know can't. if Clooney's like the nostalgia thing because I was a kid when the movies and stuff, but I thought Clooney was pretty good, personally. See, my opinion is he was never really Batman. He was George Clooney in a bat suit. You know, he never really took on Batman, to be honest. And and honestly, that version of Batman is super campy. Um, but that's my opinion. And back then, when I was a kid, like you, Ronnie, I loved it. Because I was a kid and I loved Batman. But yeah. in any case, <laughs> this is not about Batman. Um, so the other question that uh, that Tim brings up is, and, and Ronnie, you kind of touched on this, is my question is, how is Kryptonite so readily available to every supervillain? <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go right back into uh, to discussion on Superman. A couple things, I think. So again, <clears throat> I think the reason th- there are a couple reasons for my opinion on this movie, and it's not necessarily to tear it down. Number one, it was made in 1976. I watched it in 2019, um, basically just after watching Endgame, and that's the brand of superhero movies that I've come to know and be familiar with. So yeah. that difference that gap is huge in movies mm-hmm. and it is hard to it, it's hard to watch a movie on something that you're not necessarily interested in that doesn't like grab you you know what i mean um <clears throat> it was that and it was a combination of them that, i guess kind of expecting the viewer to know information before they saw the movie sure sure so a combination of those two things made the movie not pleasurable for me to watch. Uh, the first thing, there was a couple of really funny things. Um, so it starts off on Krypton and it's this, it's this 70s crystal castle. Um, it the, the actual, as far as the movie, the movie survives, I believe, on nostalgia and the love for Superman. It does not survive on its cinematography. And, uh, like I guess watching it from the very beginning, I was like, "Oh man, this is rough. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not even what I had anticipated." I but, I try to look at all that, basically saying like, "This is the best they could do with what they had at the time." Is it though? <laughs> is it? Is it? Go ahead and I tell mean, me. When you compare, see, yeah, say what you said a, to me earlier. A, a, when you compare Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, which came around. The same time, it was made the same time this movie was made. 
and the stark differences between the special effects is uncanny. You know what's say funny this, too is though. I thought oh, that Star Wars had like almost no budget. Like that initial movie, there was like very little budget for that actual movie. I will I will say this though. All the recent like the anytime you've watched the original Star Wars, the A New Hope. You've watched it in recent years, right? You've watched it on VHS, the special editions. And stuff like that. For sure. Have you have you seen the original version of of Star Wars without the special edition effects? It's you, you can't find that right now. But I mean, there's there's some footage of it out there, but it's rough. <laughs> they've they've cleaned it up uh, over the years, and so while it looks, you know, obviously it's it's for its time still. They've cleaned it up significantly. So I think if you took a look at Star Wars, the original cut, and then looked at Superman 78, it wouldn't be as much of a stark difference. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't considered that there had been that many, like there had been changes or updates like that. I mean, I it makes sense that there would be. But um, so jumping into it, it was it was kind of hard to jump into. Um, just that, I guess, jumping into 1976 and the special effects they had at the time was really tough, uh, just to dive in, especially to something you aren't, like, I've never really been interested in Superman. Sure. But they started on Krypton with all the crystals and stuff like that. Um, it was very confusing. Like, it was a confusing start. Um, like, very, from the very beginning for me, they start on Krypton, um, they're basically banishing these three people. And they have this council and for some reason all their outfits are glowing. And, but I think, I think that it's, it, it's, it, it really comes down to like they, they expected people to know and I, and I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know at the beginning, I, I still don't know. They all had different emblems on the front of their uniforms, of their outfits. I have no clue why they all had different outfits, like different emblems. Did you want to take that, Pat? Yeah, there's uh, so the S for Superman uh, stands for the House of L. It's their family crest. So every other person has their own crest. And And I don't think they touched on that in the movie, did they? No, they did not. They did not talk about it. So everybody just had a different emblem. And that was at the very beginning. I was like, obviously, this guy has something to do with Superman because I've seen that emblem. But everybody just has something different. Yeah, that's the House Um, of L crest. They they start with the trial. um, And... That was confusing. The whole like banishing them to that whatever um, was just confusing. And, and like the special effects, I will say, it totally threw me off. It like it threw me off at a couple different points. Like that part where this like mirror just comes out of nowhere, and then there's like this just bang, and then poof, they're in the mirror floating off. Like it was it was bizarre. Um, the next part that got me was when he is running alongside the train. <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness pat and i discussed this a little bit earlier today in person and i think you hit the head like you hit the nail right on the head when you said it's like his legs like his legs were just like dragging his torso it was a bizarre thing it was like his he had like the bottom half of an ostrich and it was like, it was it was just such a bizarre scene 
that didn't look natural. It looked so unnatural. And I was like, wow, I can't. This is so hard to like stay focused in and not pay attention to that. Yeah, I was watching it with, with my wife, and she was like, his feet are not even touching the ground. <laughs> His feet were so. His feet were like way out in far, way way out in front of his body. It was the most bizarre. Like I just, it's uh, what you would look like when you're like hanging in midair and <laughs> and trying to run. It looked like he was running, but trying to take like really long strides with his body like leaned back. It's like his legs were like somebody just put different legs on him, and they were just running amok with him with his body, and he had no control. Um. So it it was it was hard to, t- to say that, but then they they went to they obviously went from him being a baby to like I don't know maybe four years old, three or four years old when they found him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was three. Yeah, so they went from from a baby, and then my first question, I was like, wait a minute, he's he's just been floating for three years, like he's just been floating in this crystal ball thing for like three years, and then um, I was like. It's it was funny because like the whole time he's in this pod of whatever of some kind like the dad's voice is coming through and I was like is is he actually learning anything because he's like a little kid like little kids they don't really pick up on stuff so I was like I was confused by that and then he reaches Earth like years later apparently or he just grew at a rapid pace like I did not know which one it was actually I didn't know if he grew faster than a normal human being or if he had been traveling through space for years like they never really specified yeah i think he traveled uh through space in years yeah so i never really specified like it it just never did that well so then it automatically it jumps from him being like three or four years old to teenager in high school um and that's when the train thing happened he ran home or whatever that's all fine um he's talking to his dad um, I kind of got the impression they didn't specify it exactly, but I got the impression that his parents probably didn't want him to play like football or something or any sports with his powers. Yeah, um, and that's they, why he didn't his, play. Yeah, they they said his powers are um, not for football. Yeah, like he had for powers something for greater. another. Yeah, for something greater. Right, right. Um, and then and then his earth uh, his earth father passes away, um, and then. <laughs> So the next part was uh, it was very bizarre for me too, just because I there was no, it wasn't really an explanation. So um, his mother wakes up, she's calling for him to wake up or whatever, and she looks out the window and he's standing out in the middle of the field, like way out in the middle of the field. So she walks all the way out there, which is <laughs> like a mile, but uh, she walks all the way out there and he just says that he's got to leave, and she all just automatically accepts. Yep, we knew this was coming. And she says, where are you headed? And he says, north. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what? Why Like, why is he headed north? Because the night before, he found that, like, green crystal in, like, the barn. And, I like, I didn't know what the green crystal meant. I just assumed. I was, like, waiting to see what happened. So, so then it cuts from the farm to him in the Arctic. Like, just climbing yep. across, like, the ice and stuff. So it was a very bizarre, like jumping from thing to thing and i was like i'm thinking to myself man am i missing like information like because i can't it's hard for me to follow i I don't know how this is happening like they're just jumping from thing to thing all of a sudden he has to go north which makes no sense because i'm thinking to myself well north's not going to help you it was a completely different planet that you grew up on (laughs) like what is north going to do for you 
And uh, so he gets to this, he gets to, he's somewhere in like the Arctic where there's no life. And he's got this crystal. He pulls it out. And I was thinking, okay, something's going to happen with this crystal. Nope. Nothing happens. He just launches it out into the water, which to me, I was like, did he just know that he just needed to throw this thing? That's, that's, that's what it was. Like, that's the big mystery. Like, so he just throws it and automatically crystal castle appears. Like it just builds itself right there. This, uh, fortress, uh, fortress of solitude or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he does that and then he moves the crystal around a little bit and it, his dad comes up like wizard of Oz style. It's really the only <laughs> thing I could think of. <laughs> Was it all That's these literally big what heads, my wife said. All these big heads are just like the Wizard of Oz. This is the same exact scenario. Uh, so then his dad comes up and he's like, come, like, let me show you this or whatever. So before this, he knew that he was really strong. He knew that he could run really fast um, and not, I don't know what else he knew. It didn't really explain what else he knew as like a, uh, like a teenager. So then he goes and... I guess like somewhere in the universe with his dad and he comes back and bam. He's just in the fortress of solitude yeah. for 12 years. Yeah. Learning. So then it's like, then it jumps again and it's bam. He's complete Superman. He's got a suit. He knows how to fly all of it. He's just, he just automatically is Superman. And I was like, okay, like what, what just happened that he knew, you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it made a very big jump and it, it didn't, there wasn't an explanation for me to like, as somebody who doesn't know anything, it was hard to like follow that jump. And sure. then he flies out of this Fortress of Solitude as Superman. You're like, okay, he learned how to fly. He's got a suit now. I don't know where that came from, but he's got it. Like pretty sure that wasn't lying around in the Arctic anywhere. But – and then it jumps again. And then all of a sudden, he's Clark Kent. He's in a big city like this kid that grew up in the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden, fastest typer in the world. Like big city, like <laughs> what just happened? Like it, it just jumped so far with no information for somebody who doesn't know anything. So it's so hard for me to follow this. Um, but I think, like you said earlier, it it is very much like in the seventies. Like there was probably an expectation of people having already a certain knowledge of Superman, so yeah. it made more sense to them. For somebody like me who doesn't know anything about anything, it it made it really hard to follow. Yeah, by then they had they had had the you know the the serials that they had in the movie theaters, and, as well as the the fifties television show. Um, so I think at that point, Superman was people were somewhat familiar with with who he was, and and I mean people are obviously familiar with him now, but um, I think it it was still a little bit more in the in the culture at that point generally but yeah yeah and i, and I that, it makes sense now but when i was watching the movie that act, that part did not cross my mind i was like man this movie's jumping around and it's hard for me to follow like i don't understand how any of this stuff happened what there really just, oh go ahead no i was just gonna say there wasn't a lot of detail and like i think in today's like day and age like that movie would have been made into more than one movie yeah. And there would be more sure. detail. Like there would be an origin story where everything was more or less explained. Sure. Yeah. I think the crazy thing about it is the guy who wrote the story for this movie, his name is Mario Puzo. 
he wrote The Godfather. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wrote The Godfather and then and then he wrote Superman. So um it's interesting while well, I I could follow it but I had knowledge of it. I can I can see your points where it kind of makes big jumps and big concessions about it. Um so that was just kind of kind of crazy to me. Well, but. and one thing one thing that um I guess from the beginning is I and I still don't know the answer to this. I don't know if <clears throat> like when he sends his son off the planet Krypton because it's going to be destroyed, did he just then give him all of those powers or do people from that planet have those powers already? Yeah, so um, they went on Krypton. They don't have the powers, but because of Earth's Earth's atmosphere, um, uh, Kal El and, and any Kryptonian, they have denser uh, molecular structure to allow them to become invul- invulnerable. Uh, they have. Uh, there's another another thing where the gravity does not affect them the way it does to humans, which allows him to be able to fly. Um, there, what uh, what other things were there? There's those are the two big things I think were because yeah. of because of the way that they are made on Krypton allows them to have you know all these superpowers uh, because of Earth atmosphere on Earth. Sure. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I was thinking to myself when I was watching the movie that um, because they make mention of him using like all this energy or something like that on Krypton, like they are aware he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing, like Superman's actual dad. And I'm horrible with names, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, but I thought it, it, that he was giving him all of those powers and then sending him away with all the powers. No, when he was uh, putting uh, uh, Kal El in the pod, uh, he was talking to his wife, and he's like, "She's she says they're gonna he's gonna be like uh, an outcast," and he's like, "Well, they're he's gonna have all these powers because of his den- the denseness of his you know yeah. makeup." And, and he said they'll, they'll look like them still. Yeah, he'll still look like them. He just will have a lot of powers. Now, basically, when he was being sent off in the pod, he was being given the vast wealth of knowledge that his father had um and so that was his parting gift basically from from Jor-El Jor-El is his father um from Jor-El to Kal-El um but my question is cuz I thought that he was like I so I I know as he was like um as Jor-El was like walking around saying he's giving him this knowledge like he mentioned that um he's giving him everything that he knows like that he has learned and all this stuff uh, but then it felt like he gave him all the knowledge, and I was like, "Okay, does is he automatically gonna like just get this knowledge like right away, or is he gonna have to learn it over time?" And I thought that it meant that he would know that knowledge like by the time he reached Earth. I guess like when I was watching the movie, and it seemed very much like he did not know what he was or where he came from until like the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, he didn't give him everything, I guess. Um, because he knew that by the time, you know, he became, you know, like you said, you talk, so you're now 18 years old. I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things he waited for that appointed time to, to sort of fill in the rest. Um, yeah. So that's that's the impression I got, at, at least. Um, yeah, I think uh, if you can think of it as the, the journey to Earth was more of like the cliff notes uh, to all the things that he had. 
the knowledge he was going to give him. And then once he created the Fortress of Solitude, I mean, like, that was 12 years of learning about Krypton, learning about his powers, learning how to be good, um, and things like that. So when he so when he went from so when he initially got to the Fortress of Solitude, uh, like Jarrell comes out, he's the big face guy, and <laughs> Marlon Brando. Yeah, so Marlon Brando, he's got the from big the face. Planet Krypton. And Superman goes away, and it had been twelve years. Yes, is that what you're saying? Yes. Before he then flew years. out as a cope, as with with a cape and everything in the suit. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it mentioned that because I will say like that. I I said I watched an hour and a half. That is true. Like I think when I actually stopped the recording, it was an hour and forty eight minutes in. But I had been yep. dozing off, so I don't know if it yeah. made mention of the twelve years. It seemed. I, I believe it did. Did yeah. it? It did. Okay. Yeah, and he talks about um, Jarrell talks about like you know. Um, you're only 18 years old, but for for Jor-El, he had already been dead at that point for thousands of years. Yeah, like in so, their own time, right? Yeah. Right. So time passes a lot differently. Yeah. yeah. Um, for for them than it does Earthlings. So, um, he took him off on basically what I perceive as like this spiritual journey, teaching him about his powers, and he's he talks about step away from the bonds of your your earthly nature or whatever or your earthly what you've learned and basically step into your heritage and when he does that he kind of gets taken away but when he returns you know 12 years have passed um, yeah so why i got a question so why did nobody believe Jurel that the planet was going to be destroyed that's a great question they didn't i mean they didn't believe him and it was clearly like <laughs> it was like a huge fireball, like encroaching, like getting closer and closer to their planet. But yet nobody like wanted to believe that that, that was going to happen or uh, that was really confusing. I'm thinking like, man, yeah. all they got to do is just look outside. Like there's this giant sun that's about to like collide with their planet. Like, like I don't understand. And then I was thinking like, at, like while you guys were describing like the density thing, like their molecular structure being different. And basically when they come to earth, they're like, a god like they're just impenetrable they could do whatever they want and i'm thinking okay how come they all don't live on earth then that doesn't make any sense like they live on the planet where they don't have any powers yeah that's a good point it's a good right? point raising <laughs> some questions here <laughs> i don't think like they the would answers. all want to go to this planet we could just rule this entire planet nobody could do anything I guess they didn't all have pods like Jarrell did. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I, I think ultimately, like, it was a combination of those things that uh, made me not necessarily enjoy the movie. Just so if, let's. If, if it was like, I think if it was a more like present version and some of those things could be like overcome, maybe with a little more like detail. Cause I, I mean, like, I mean, like, we live in a world where we just want the information easily, you know? And, um, that is not the world that movie was made in. You know what I mean? So sure. people read comic books more back then and uh, people knew more information about the movie then. But now, like going back and watching it, like I knew nothing about Superman and uh, it was so hard to follow. So let's switch gears a little bit then. Uh, so what what about the movie uh, did you enjoy? Did you like? I mean, there's there's got to be something in there that was that was enjoyable. But like, like the... Uh, the score from John Williams, like, did how did that? How did you react to that? Well, there there were a few things in the movie that I liked. So I will say the first the first thing was, <laughs> and I messaged you guys like, 
wait a minute, Gene Hackman's in this movie? <laughs> you guys didn't tell me this. I might, have, I might have watched it earlier. Um, but anyways, I I like like sci-fi stuff. Like I, I like that. And I thought the whole planet of Krypton, even though the like cinematography and stuff was was old and outdated and was hard, you know, it was harder to, to view that. But the whole idea of it was cool, right? It's in sure. space. It's this other planet. Um, it's a completely different set of just everything. I like. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, it was hard to follow because I, I I didn't have any knowledge, any back knowledge of any of it. So it it made sure. it hard. But I thought the whole idea was cool of having this other planet that he's from. The planet's going to explode. They're going to send him off to this other planet. That I thought was cool. Um, even when he landed and they found him, like like he lifts up the truck. Like immediately with a flat tire. Yeah. It was kind of cool. You know, it was like kind of a cool thing. Like they're totally like astonished by this whole thing. And it was kind of cool. Like that whole part. Um, and even like the idea of him, like the whole train, him running fast in the train thing, that was terrible just to watch. But the idea of him having to stay after and clean up all that stuff. And then as they drive by, he's already standing there, like kind of with a smirk on his face. They're like, how'd you get here so fast? And he's like, I ran. Like that part was kind of <laughs> cool, right? It was just kind of like a cool little yeah. thing built in. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of cool things about the movie. Um, but I, I like in general, like him him saving uh, Lois Lane for the first time, like the helicopter thing. She, He's like, I got you. And she's like, well, who's got you? <laughs> you know, like just that whole, like it was kind of cool, like how they did that. Um, but yeah, there were so many more questions that it like just it kind of eclipsed a lot of enjoyment, I think. Sure. Yeah, I get that. So, and one of the one of the funny things that I like, one of my the funniest thing is, uh, so Gene Hackman was Lex Luthor, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm uh, they first go to like Gene Hackman and he is in this like underground subway layer of some kind where he lives, and he, I was like, wait a minute, I was like. He's Lex Luthor, but his whole idea is a real estate scam. <laughs> I was like, is this for real? Superman is just stopping a real estate scam in the first movie? Like, what? Uh, so that part was so confusing. And now I like I, I talked to Patrick today and he like did some explaining as far as uh, the whole idea, you know, with like the nuclear missiles and stuff like that. And we actually watched like the one of the final scenes uh, where he like shoots off and, and reverses the uh like the world but um yeah it was confusing he's like talking about this like prime real estate and stuff and i'm like what is uh, this guy like so lex luther is from is lex luther from krypton or is no he's a normal no, he's human just being. a businessman oh okay yep. so he's just this he's... evil businessman that makes sense yep yep uh typically yeah. he's typically he's um, portrayed as a very, very smart individual, very cunning individual, very rich individual. He comes yeah. from from money, um, and yeah, he's he has a lot of nefarious, you know, plots, and you know, especially he gets threatened when Superman th- uh, shows up on the scene, yeah, because he has this general genuine hatred for this person and the fact that um you know he feels threatened from 
being able to carry out a lot of the plots that he wants to pursue with having this being from another world that has superpowers and they play on this in in Superman the movie um just the fact that he has to get Superman out of the way um to be able to you know pull off his so-called master plan real estate scam as <laughs> Ronnie puts it <laughs> I mean that's what it is really right um, yeah, but, but yeah. how many real estate scams blow up the San Andreas Fault? I mean, not many of them include <laughs> nuclear weapons, I would assume. Yeah. But uh, no, it starts off with him like talking about real estate. And I was like, is this for real? <laughs> so yeah, it, was just, it just caught me off guard that I was not uh, prepared for that. Yeah, I will say this. And then uh, we've got some, some more questions here. Um, I will say this. Like, it's not... Given where we are in in current superhero movies, um, you know it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things about Superman that don't hold up um, in terms of storytelling and and the superhero genre. But I respect it because number one, Christopher Reeve is such an iconic, uh, you know, it's such an iconic portrayal uh, as Superman, and it paved the way for other super superhero movies to get better. Um, you know, if it was not for Superman, the first Superman, Batman wouldn't have been made. Um, the, the 89 Batman, um, it showed, it showed, uh, movie studios that you could make a halfway decent superhero movie. And at the time, this movie was a big deal. Um, now, do a lot of the effects and stuff hold up? Um, no, but it paved the way, and so that's the way I that's the way I look at this this movie. Yeah, so. for sure. So, Ronnie, uh, you've watched an hour and a half ish. Mm-hmm. What would you rate this movie? I feel like it's not fair for me to rate it. To be honest. So, are you gonna watch the last hour of it? No. <laughs> so for the 41st week if you have another birthday come around maybe all right 20 2020 20 <laughs> for your birthday i will watch the last hour oh gosh you're gonna not remember anything i was confused the whole time which is anyway. par for the course for the start of this movie <laughs> it's totally right on track <laughs> so uh travis popsicle on uh, on the Discord, uh, he he asks, "What is your favorite Superman villain from comics or movies?" I really like Superman Two with General Zod. See, we told you he comes back, uh, and his fellow criminals kneel before Zod. Um, <laughs> as a, as a kid, this was much a much more exciting film than the first one. Superman was probably the first superhero that I paid attention to when I was a kid. I was born in 1973, so these movies released at a prime age for me. I tried to fly by jumping off the swing in my backyard when, I, when it was at its peak. I'm sure everyone <laughs> at one point or another has pretended to be Superman at some point, um, trying to jump off tables and stuff. I know I did when I was a kid. Um, I still do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing it right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, favorite Superman villain. Um, I feel like Lex Luthor is a given. He's kind of yeah, like. So don't pick him. Pick someone else because that's just. Uh, Brainiac. Brainiac's good. Yeah. Brainiac's a good one. 
I would say Batman. Oh, shots fired. I think Batman (laughs) is the biggest villain only because, I mean, like Batman always keeps a close eye on Superman. Like always. I mean, like when they created the Justice League, he created the Justice League so he could have a closer eye on Superman. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, Brainiac, Lex Luthor, (laughs) Darkseid. But I think Batman was probably the biggest, you know, I think I, I would like him as as the biggest villain. They were they were the biggest you know, enemies until they realized that both their mothers are named Martha. <laughs> oh, let's not go into that. Could, <laughs> let's not open up that wound again. Oh, um, what a way to ruin a movie! <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that name? Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Brainiac um, for me, just because like. He he has this intellect on this whole other other literally otherworldly level, um, where you know Lex Luthor he's a very brilliant man, very cunning man on Earth. Brainiac is just like whole other level. Um, yeah, whole other level. Yeah. So, uh, Ronnie, I know your <clears throat> knowledge of that is was, very limited. So I was going to go with Gene Hackman. Gonna there go you with go, Otis. <laughs> Not Lex Luthor, just Gene Hackman. Just Gene Hackman in general. <laughs> awesome 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 thank you so much travis um i know Haley zorrell posted y'all need to include tom welling in your discussion and we did oh we did yes so hopefully i'm hoping they somehow bring him back for the arrowverse like the um crisis on infinite earths events um i would love for him to come back and reprise his role somehow i don't know if you saw it in the um in the news at all but um another actor who has played superman is also reprising his role in a different way ben affleck no <laughs> <laughs> no brandon routh is actually reprising oh, yeah, his right. role as superman but it's um it's a different version of superman uh there was a storyline called kingdom come and uh i believe it was at, at least illustrated i don't remember if it was written it may have been um, but illustrated by uh, a guy named Alex Ross, his his style of um, illustration in, in comic books is like hyper realistic um, and old school at the same time. I'll have to send you some of the stuff, but um, yeah, it's a particular sort of hardened version of Superman that has been through a lot of stuff, um, and so they are going to be portraying him in the. Arrowverse crossover. Um, cool. So, but yeah. Uh, so, of course, we did include Tom Welling. Um, and then uh, Arctic, Arctic M77, aka Matt, on the Discord. Uh, he writes Superman as a topic must be the birthday boy's topic pick. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I hope Ronnie is engineering this locomotive to be faster than a speeding bullet to get this topic over with. And I would say yes. Yes, he did that. <laughs> um, Love them. <laughs> uh, what can I say about the Man of Steel? He was the first superhero that I ever knew about. I remember watching Superman 1 and 2, and even going to see 3 in the theaters when I was 6 years old. Dressing up as the last son of Krypton for Halloween was always fun with the 80s plastic face mold mask. Yep, I love those. Um, that had a rubber band to hold it on your head with those very generous slots to breathe out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel Kal-El was a great first superhero for kids to learn and understand how superhero powers work. 
I feel the Kryptonian is a little OP in that his only weakness is his home planet and magic. Just saying. Um, but, uh, hey, he was made for kids to understand. I enjoyed the red-blue blur glowing, growing up in the 90s with Lois and Clark and Smallville in 2000s on TV. What else can I say about this Boy Scout? He reminds me of my childhood, and I hope sometime there will be a decent video game to play as him. Absolutely. Agreed. Yes. They, needs somebody to needs one. to crack that code. Rocksteady, I really hope Rocksteady, it's you. please. Please. <laughs> Cross my fingers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, going back to the Facebook, I believe a certain Melanie Novacell actually posted as well here. What does she have to say? She had a couple of things to say, actually. Mm. Um, so Melanie asks, what is the best power that he possesses? Flight. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, maybe not the best. That's my favorite. I've always been like, just like uh, Travis said, I mean, just flying, just imagining to fly uh, is just so cool. I think the greatest superpower he has ever had is the ability to throw a see-through S logo at his enemies. Oh, get out of here with that <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that actually did happen, by the way, Ronnie. He totally does that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, I missed now. <laughs> that's Superman 2, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, gosh. Definitely flight. I don't want to say... I want to say something else. Um... Definitely uh, x-ray vision. That's cool. Yep. Other than lead. I guess they had to put a limit somewhere. But, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess flight and then x-ray vision, for sure. What about you, Ronnie? I would say the super strength, man. Yeah. Just tearing a uh, a car door off of the car. (laughs) That's pretty legit. I feel like if he didn't know already, like... If flying wasn't an option, the super strength would be great. Like, but if you knew that you could fly or have super strength, it'd be hard to pick the super strength over flying, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her second question, which we kind of we kind of touched upon a little bit, out of anyone who has portrayed the character of Superman, movies and TV shows, who played him best? All right, so we did. We we talked about Christopher Reeve, Tom Welling, Brandon Routh. Um, Henry Cavill. We never, we never talked about Dean Kane though. The old Lois and Clark adventures. Yeah. So, uh, my wife and I, we watched the Adventures of Lois and Clark a few years ago because we had never. I, it was like on CBS or something like that back in the day, and it was a point where it was a uh, more mature version of Superman. Rather than geared towards kids, the yeah. way Christopher Reeve, his Superman was. Sure. Um, so I never watched it uh, when I was growing up, but I mean, Dean Cain as Superman, I would think he was probably the the worst out of all of them. I mean, Brandon Routh was was bad, but he was trying to be Christopher Reeve, which was yeah, kind of his downfall. Well, I mean, that was kind of what the script called for. I know, I know. I mean, it was he was supposed to be the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah. Because it was a continuation of that Christopher Reeve storyline. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that was just his downfall. Plus, Ronnie, you'll get this: is the plot of that movie was also about real estate <laughs> from Lex Luthor. One hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that kind of an unsung hero. Um, recently, uh, is an actor by the name of Tyler Hoechlin. He's the guy that plays Superman in the Arrowverse, and I think he does a pretty good job as as Superman for sure. Um, it's a very modern take, um, while at the same time having some of that classic type Superman esque type stuff. Um, so I think he does a really good job with it. Um, but but yeah. Um, and finally, the last question. I guess we've saved the best for last. Um, from our own Lucas Ham Swisher on the Discord. Uh, he posts this. He had a couple of questions. Um, if you were Superman, what would be your three-step program to bringing world peace? He's not allowed to ask a question. <laughs> Next question. Banned. <laughs> three-step program. So we do we each want to do a step? We can do that. All right, step one. That's not a good idea. I feel like I don't have a step. <laughs> Rule the earth. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I got to be honest. I, I would actually just completely agree with Patrick. If I had Superman's powers, like uh, I would rule this place like a dictator. Good lord, like the Hitler of superheroes. Oh, it'd be the most. Any genocide or anything? Yeah. <laughs> not going to kill anybody i mean unless i have to but uh, i'm going to be a nice dictator yeah <laughs> oh it would all be for self benefit and totally selfish <laughs> you have no freedom whatsoever but i love you all um, <laughs> but uh <laughs> that's all the steps step yeah um step 2 all on your shoulders mark oh gosh um, get rid of all nuclear bombs. Step three, get rid of Batman. No. Hey, that's my step. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right. There's our, there's our step one, two, and three. We'll rule the earth, get rid of the nuclear weapons, and get rid of Batman. All right, let's move on. There you go. Moving on. <laughs> Follow-up <laughs> question since I never write in, says Lucas. What is that's because you're on the show. What, <laughs> hey, he also doesn't know is, the rule of uh, only one question per show. <laughs> Apparently not. Just breaking all the rules here. Follow-up question since I never write in. What is something selfish or not heroic that you would want to do or at least be tempted to do having these great superpowers which obviously Ronnie wants to rule the world. <laughs> well, I'll rob a bank. Turn back time. Just by turning the Earth's rotation? Yeah, because that's not going to wreck the entire Earth by doing that. <laughs> I don't I don't think anybody really understands time travel. because Man, every single don't. time you made a mistake, you just fly up there and turn it around. <laughs> and you got to do it Redo. angrily, just like Superman. Like, yeah. That, that, that angry cry that he... <laughs> um, oh, that was, like, that was the only emotion you got out of Superman. The entire movie, yeah, yep. which was awesome, yeah. Um, but 
yeah, definitely turning back time. I would love to be able to to control time, for sure. That's fair. Does that uh, does that conclude our Superman discussion? I, I believe it. I want to pick I it up. I believe it does. All right. Uh, does Does anybody have, else have thoughts? Oh no, I'm well past. I'm, I'm, I'm well out of my element already. Now. I've been I've been out of thoughts for an hour. No, well, I, I will say that while Superman is not my favorite superhero, I definitely have respect for him. Um, I had Batman comics and Superman comics growing up. Yeah, and I think that was indicative for a lot of people who grew up with superheroes for both Superman and Batman. True. I mean, it was hard. It was like the the, the one-two punch. Yeah, really. absolutely. But, um, you know, he certainly paved the way. He paved the, the big way for, for lots of future superheroes. So, mad respect for the Man of Steel. Mad um, respect given. Do we yes. have any madly respectful music to end this podcast with? Why? Yes, we do. DJ Mark. <laughs> well, as always, uh, you can uh, check out the Good Morning Guys morning playlist on Spotify, as well as Apple Music. Thank you so much, Bernabe, for updating things on the Apple Music side. Um, so this week's editions, of course, are Superman related. Um, so the first song I'm adding is Three, Door Down- Three Doors Down's Kryptonite. Ooh, great song. Uh, yeah. Um, the second song is uh, a song literally called Superman. It's from a group called Goldfinger. Now, you may have heard this song on the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. Yep. Um, absolutely love that song. That's a good uh, one. A lot of the songs from, from the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack are like burned into my brain. <laughs> um, and that was one of them. So, adding that to the list. And, of course... The concert version of the John Williams Superman theme. Yes. <laughs> so, I really hope that those super additions to the playlist help you get your good morning on. And that right. is it for me. All right, now I'm supposed to close this baby out. That would well, be great. That is all for us. I would like to personally thank, from the depths of my heart, Mark Boucher and Patrick Novosel for literally carrying this entire Superman discussion. <laughs> I tell you what, you talked a lot. I you you talked more than you think. You I, there was actually way more than I thought I was going to have. I will tell you that. Uh, but I'd like to thank all the listeners out there. You guys can contact us on Facebook, Twitter. You could also call us at what number, Mark? 929 GMG guys. 929 GMG guys. See, you guys could just do that. I knew that. I was just making sure Mark did. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. But as for all of us, thank you, and we are out. One, two, three, four. Mr. Mr. Luthor, Mr. Luthor. <laughs> Why in the world would Lex Luthor have an idiot 
like that under him. <laughs> Basically, it's it's ego stroking on another level, just yeah. because he knows how smart he is compared to this man. He even says it like it's like it's amazing that that man has enough brain power. To, to basically make those legs move. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. So we all want so an idiot after sidekick. watching Superman again, I'm like, okay, this is there's a lot of nostalgia with this. The 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 Superman suit, Christopher Reeve, and the um, the music legs. is really what is really what I remember. Yeah. Um all the other plot holes and missing information and time jumps i don't remember that so after watching it i'm like i totally get it i totally get it from your perspective ronnie um but i thought the biggest one i could i could put uh past all the things that are happening in the movie except for when lex luther in like the span of 30 seconds knows what superman's weakness is yeah it was just like really. He's like, oh, the the radioactive pieces from Krypton. That's got to be his weakness. Got it. You know, it's yeah. like really. That doesn't make any sense. How would you come it. to that point? I know. How would you come to that <laughs> point? And then there's a in the newspaper. There's a guy in some other part of the world that has a piece of this meteorite. Well, like, he seriously? pulled it. He pulled it from a National Geographic book. Oh, well, still, <laughs> still. You just happened to grab the right copy of National Geographic that would have that kind of information. So, yeah, it's it's not perfect at all. Uh. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom.